For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Ryan, what is going on in crypto right now? Man, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling poor. I don't even know where to begin, man. Dude, I literally slept in my car last night. Uh, the motel that I was living in night by night kicked me out because I couldn't afford to pay for it anymore. I need to know, do I cash out on my ETH right now at 2800 Is crypto winter coming? Are we going to find out on this episode today? Yes, sir. Are you going to tell me? I'll tell you everything you need to know, Logan. I can't sleep in this car for much longer. It's, it's a lease also, and I'm going to be homeless uh, if ETH hits 2700 I can't even afford to pay for Twitter Blue to prove that my <laughs> NFTs are real. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. If you guys are new around here, this is Moon or Bust, your home for all things crypto at Benzinga. We have a great show prepared for you today. Despite the fact that the markets are in the shitter, uh, I'm honestly not stressing. I think that this is awesome and I, I want it to go a little bit lower. We need to see a flash crash with volume before we can turn around. And, and I'm hoping that it's getting closer. It feels like it's getting closer. Um, but yeah, okay. Uh, I'm totally lost that we didn't do the regular intro, Ryan. Do you want to kick us off? Uh, all the links in the description, the usual stuff uh, that, that we ask the audience for while I get my uh, thoughts together real quick. Hey man, I'll give a preview of today's show. We'll be talking about Twitter integrating NFTs. We're going to, of course, be going over the crypto markets. We're going to be playing a little bit of the new Bored Ape game that released on iOS and Android. Stay tuned for that. Farming some ape tokens. I don't really know if these will be worth anything or if there's another game coming out, uh, but we will definitely give you the 411 on that. If you guys aren't already subscribed, please subscribe. Do us a huge favor. Also, while you're down there, smash that like button. Uh, but yeah, we should get right into TradingView. Maybe look at Bitcoin first and look at Ethereum. Uh, and later on in the show, we're going to try and pick some altcoins that should outperform Ethereum in 2022, uh, at least hopefully, as long as we're not in this crypto winter that you speak of, Logan. <laughs> I'm getting pretty cold. I don't know about you, but I don't think it's quite winter time yet. Here's the chart, Ryan. You can see we are trading at $38,000 for one Bitcoin right now, 38 US thousand dollars for one Bitcoin. And people are freaking out. All right. That doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, 2017, 2018. People were, were uh, you know, buying the top at $20,000. They were, they were never more bullish than, than, than when they were buying the top. Here we are at double that and everyone's freaking out. Why do you think that this is? And I mean, everything's about perspective in crypto, right? A few months ago, we were at $60,000 and everyone was screaming for 100K. Now we're at 30 and everybody's screaming for 20. I mean, we're not at 30 yet. I, I hope we don't get there. We're, <laughs> we broke through 40. We're, we're trading right around, what, 38? I can't see the numbers on there, Logan. It is $38,389. Yeah, I mean, we're about below the bull market support band. And I think as long as we're below that, we're going to be bearish. Uh, that's the simple moving average and the exponential moving average for the past 20 weeks. That's where I want to see us to get above to be bullish again. But we're a far ways away now. I'm not really sure, Logan. Do you know what that's at? Maybe 50,000, 51,000. We are starting to trend downward. So that's going to start going down with time. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll start getting closer to the prices we're at as long as we move, you know, relatively flat over these next few weeks. Yeah, this is a this is a good indicator to look at right now. Um, you know, we came down below it for two months, ripped right back up, bounced off, hit a new all time high. Now we are down. We've been down there for about a month and a half. I think that it could be, you know, another two to two and a half months. But I do think that within the next month, we will see that big volume uh, crash that I was talking about. Um, this isn't the big volume crash. No, this bro. is not the is big. That what you're telling me? This, yeah, that, oh that is what God. I'm telling you. This is not the big volume crash. This is not the worst of it, and that should excite you because you can still place buy orders below the current price. Um, so should I sell at this point? I'm down like 30, 40 percent on my fungible tokens. Should I cut my losses? Should I just hold at this point? I think we could be close to the bottom. I haven't bought during this dip yet. And I said, I'll start buying once we break under 3000. Now we've done that. And, you know, I want to stick to my plan, buy some around 2700. And then if we go down to maybe 22 to 2300, I'll start buying again. I really don't see us going much farther down than that, though. Okay, so let's let's talk about ETH real quick. I bought the dip at, at 
3,500, at 3,000, at 2,500. We're not at 2,500 yet, are we? No. Okay, thank goodness. Um, you have a buy order set or are you just planning on doing it? So here, this is this is this is what I'm getting to, right? So, uh, you know, I, I already bought all the dips, and I ran out of USD. I have no stable coins left, uh, and so I have a couple buy orders placed below current market prices, below where we are today, uh, that I hope uh, will get filled. Um, but at this point, I'm going to be holding on to my investment. I would not be selling. ETH for fiat at this point. I mean, there were so many people that were they were bullish when we were up here at 4700, 4800. They were never more bullish in their entire lives. They they were saying, "Hey, uh is now a good time to get into crypto." I said, "No, you should wait." And now it's at 2700. I said, "Yeah, this is a good time. You should get in now." And they're scared. They don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. They're they're bullish at the top and bearish at the bottom. It's classic. Uh, but not not us. That's not how that's not how we're handling it. Um, what do you guys think though? Drop a comment down below. Are you bullish or bearish right now? Uh, smash the like button while you're down there. Goes a long way for us. Um, but Ryan, are you going to be selling your ETH right now? No, I'm not selling any of my ETH. I haven't been selling my ETH uh, over the past few months. Uh, but I am looking to buy. I am looking to buy right around these current price levels. I think I will make a buy order today around twenty seven hundred dollars. Uh, there there we is. go. There we go. And and I want to do another buy order right around twenty two hundred to twenty three hundred. If this flash crash happens that you're talking about, Logan, I will be prepared and I'll get that buy order filled. That is what we like to hear. Um, you know, if, if you guys are willing to share where you have any of your buy orders placed, I promise if you drop them in the chat, I won't front run you. Ryan might. Um, but I'm curious to hear. Robinette Gant in the chat says, bullish bear. Bullish bear. Bullish on care, bears. Care, care to elaborate a little bit more? Um, I'm curious. Um, but yeah, so that's that's Bitcoin, that's ETH, that's the market in general. Let's take a look at, at historically these volume spikes that I've been talking about that are needed to turn around the market. Okay, so uh, March of 2020, this volume spike, right? Oh, wait, my screen's not on. One second. Bear with me. All right, here we go. All right, so I'm not sure how well you guys can see the details, but I'll try to make it pretty obvious here. So uh, this is March 2020. This volume spike marked the end of the crypto winter. And without it, we would not have been able to have the run that we did throughout the rest of 2020. And we did all throughout last year in 2021. We saw this big volume spike was a turnaround point uh, in May. We saw that we tried to turn around here and it took, a little, took an extra week or two. Um, but you can see these huge volume candles that are different than the weeks leading up to it are what we are looking for to signal a turnaround. We need to flush out all the highly leveraged traders so the price of Bitcoin can move up more easily, right? So the, the bulls, they don't want to be paying out all of these leveraged traders who got lucky, got in at you know, 40,000. They're going to, to only be willing to pay the ones that had their buy orders, their long orders placed at $30,000, maybe even uh, you know, maybe even a little bit higher than that. But we need to see that liquidation cascade coming through the open interest before we can turn it around. Um, and we have yet to see that. Historically, that's been important. We haven't seen it yet. That's why I think that it's going to get worse from here before it gets better. But that is actually exciting me more than anything else. So, Logan, you've made it clear that you think a flash crash is coming in the coming weeks. What price do you think Bitcoin's going to if we see this crash? Four dollars. Four dollars. No, I'm just kidding. I think the lowest we'll see on Bitcoin is, okay, what's it at right now? $38,000. I don't see the flash crash going below these wicks, uh, which were $29,000. But I don't know if they'll even get there to begin with. Excuse me, maybe the bottom of this candle line right here, $31,000. Even that's going to be tough. but yeah, I think that you know if you place it around thirty-four to thirty-six thousand, um, and, and you know I never recommend putting your whole position in one order, right? 
That's just not good uh, advice in general, right? You want a DCA, you want to give yourself room for air. So um, that's that's what I'm going to be doing. I think the 34 to 36 range, I'll be able to be happy with, and it won't uh, be too painful in the short term if it does continue to go down, maybe even to that 29 level. But I don't think breaking 30,000 is, is all that likely at this point, especially because of the inflation rate. Um, what do you think, Ryan? Could we go below 30? I, I don't think we can go below 30 without a long-term bear market ahead of us. If we do break $30,000 and we see a candlestick close in the $20,000 range, I'm going to turn bearish over the next few years. I don't think we can break that without having a long-term crypto winter that we've seen you know, right after 2017 into 2018, uh, 2019, and even 2020 before we turned around. So that's going to be bad news bears for anyone investing in crypto if we do break below that $30,000 range. But I, I don't see it happening. I think we could get there and hold it as support as one of the worst case bear scenarios here. Uh, and as long as we can bounce off it, I think this bull market can continue, especially on a macro level. Yeah. Um, so so let me ask you a question there. If Say, say we do go below 30,000, um, even if it's just for a brief moment uh, and we immediately wick back up. Does that change the the macro sentiment, the the inflation, the push towards uh, a safer store of value, the potential approval of a Bitcoin spot ETF and institutional FOMO? Do you think that that a cheaper price will scare away the institutions or, or make them even more excited and more hungry to send some volume in? I don't think institutions care about candle wicks too much. I don't think they're liquid enough to be placing buy orders when Bitcoin dips below $30,000 for a few seconds. And like I said, I'll be looking for a candlestick on the weekly time frame to close below $30,000. And that's when I'll get bearish. Mm. I think we can see a high volume flash crash that could go below $30,000 as a candle wick. Yep. And then we'll quickly bounce back up. But even in that scenario, I don't think it's that likely to happen. I think you know, we could go down maybe to 31, 32, 33K in the event a flash crash occurs. I mean, this could very well be close to the bottom where we are. We're almost 50% uh, mm -hmm. down from our all-time highs. You know, what's interesting here is looking at the difference between this top and this top. Um, and then this bottom and this bottom, maybe, maybe we'll see a pattern here. Um, some similar size difference. Now this is a log chart and I'm completely talking out of my ass, but, um, I, I don't know necessarily, like I'm not, I'm not convinced that we are going to reach these levels once again. So, uh, you know, if we do, that's, it's a hundred percent on the table. I wouldn't be shocked, but I think that, you know, if we're going to continue to keep you know, let, let me let me just draw a line to show you basically what I'm thinking about here. Um, this more or less. And, you you know, the line that I drew, we've already broken down below, but I don't that doesn't really concern me. Now, what if you extend that line going back into 2019 to that covid dump that we saw earlier? Does that change the narrative? That is a good question. So you think right here, not, not in nine twenty seventeen, but oh, yeah, you can... right. Hold on. Do, do, do. Like this, you thinking? Connecting the the two bottoms of the bear market, obviously that would be this point right here, right. So yeah, I don't think that says too much because we haven't hit that line in a very long time. Yeah, I mean, if you want to draw it and touch this wick, um, then it looks like we're in for a bounce sometime soon here. But you know, this is just a random line. I wouldn't give any any weight to it. You can always draw a line at the bottom of a candlestick, you know, for a little bit of therapy when the markets are crashing, right? <laughs> you say, hey, that's support. We're at support, guys. The line and, says so right And there. the best part about that is, Ryan, if you draw a line, you, you use it as therapeutic support, and then it breaks below it. It turns out not to be support. You, you could just redraw the line. Lower it down. Um, but yeah, uh, this, this, could, this could be potentially, you know, interesting. Um, and Robinette in the chat says he's buying more if it goes to 32k. I agree with you. I think that's a great price target to get in Bitcoin at. That's more than 50% discount from the all-time highs. And so far, if history is any indication, nobody buying below all-time highs really gets screwed in the long run. Uh, Angela wants to know. So are we screwed? Uh, you're only screwed if you sell. Um, uh, Mitch says, "Money, Mitch, I see you out there. Just redraw it. That's that's the way to go, man." That's the way to go. You're looking at 20K. Get out of here. Get out of here, Mitch. 
Get out of here. 20,000 $20, US dollars is, it can barely afford a McDonald's cheeseburger these days. Let alone one Bitcoin. Let alone one Bitcoin. Um, okay, so, you know, if all these fungible tokens, Bitcoin, Ethereum, they're all in the shitter, where are we going to, to make some gains to have some fun right now, Ryan? Non-fungible tokens, Ooh, Logan. Non-fungible tokens. What's a non-fungible token? Uh, they confuse me a lot, but uh, I mean, <laughs> they're non-fungible. They're tokens uh, instead of being fungible. Let's look at them, Logan. Everybody knows what NFTs are these days. Twitter integrated NFTs. Your favorite celebrity owns an NFT. It's on everybody's minds, man. I can't go anywhere without talking about NFTs these days. It's kind of crazy. But I mean, we've had some really big drops this week. Heap Beast came out at a 0.2 ETH mint, and now it's trading at 7.8 ETH. So that's $600 investment in the mint is now worth over $20,000. That's insane gains from a $600 investment. And guess who called it out? Our boy Henry Stater, who is writing our premium NFT newsletter. Heard so it here first. That is awesome. But guys, I will be honest with you. For drops like this one, you will have to put in the work. We will give you the info. But... Basically, everybody, I think everybody who did get it was whitelisted. So you're going to have to be joining these discords, be active and get a whitelist spot. But I mean, the opportunities are endless. You just saw this one example from last week. And this happens every single month, at least a couple of times where you can spend a few hundred dollars and make thousands on NFTs. So I'm not surprised. This is where the attention's at right now. Everybody's talking about them. Yeah, Henry made some really solid picks last week. Unfortunately, the one that I got in uh, in on, the Australian Open Art Ball, I'm a big tennis fan and player myself, so this was my favorite, uh, and it was also pretty cheap at the time. This is the only one that I got from last week's NFT Pro Newsletter, uh, and, and it hasn't done a whole lot yet. I'm waiting on the Australian Open to pump my bags on national television. Uh, you know, just some advice to the brands out there. If you're going to to take the ETH of all of your fans and users uh, and give them some NFTs, you might want to pump them. Otherwise, they're not going to buy them in the future, okay? Um, but we'll see. We'll see what they have coming. There's still another week and a half, two weeks left in the tournament. Uh, and hopefully, my gains don't get deported like Novak Djokovic. <laughs> um, all right, Ryan, anything else from the newsletter you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. I'll shout out C012 because that was another winner from the newsletter. That mint was 0.15 ETH and now they're trading for about 1.5 ETH. I think you can probably find it right here in rankings. A little bit of a dip. Okay, yeah. So we've seen a dip, but still trading at 1 ETH. So, I mean, that's 5x returns. Really great returns if you can get in on these mints. I mean, that's the way when you're getting started with NFTs. Get in on these mints if you can, uh, and you can find some really big profit opportunities and then maybe use those profits to get in on some NFTs on the secondary markets. Ryan, if I click the second link in the description below, will I be able to sign up myself for this newsletter and get a free NFT from Benzingo? Man, I really, I really hope so. Is that the case? I don't know. Somebody out there in the chat, find out, drop a comment, let us know. Um, and if you guys would be interested in like a giveaway of this newsletter, let us know as well. Um, we're going to be, we're going to be putting a lot, a lot of work into this, trying to make it as valuable as possible for everyone. Um, so, so drop a comment down below. What can we do better? What do you want to see? How can we convince you, uh, that this newsletter is worth it? I mean, we did 38 X on, on the hat beast in, in the first week. So, um, that's pretty convincing, I think. I think so. I think so. Do we need to say more? I don't know. Probably not. In that case, we will say less. No, nah, I want to say more. So this newsletter, right? It's $27 a month right now. We want to show you guys all the value we can provide. Bring in a solid user base to this newsletter. Get you guys in on these NFT mints. But there's no promises that we're keeping this newsletter at $27, okay? There's been talks around the office upping the price maybe to 99 199 a month since we are making these giant gains for the people on the newsletter uh so if you are interested you might want to go ahead get it while you still can at 27 dollars a month shameless plug had to do it i mean as soon as we start putting these these returns out there people are going to be buying them up real quick uh we can only hope so you know maybe maybe a little bit of alpha there thank you ryan um all right. Any other NFT projects you want to look at? Uh, drop them in the chat down below. If you have an NFT project you're curious about, we will pull it up. Inferno Hell says, going to buy Dogelon in two hours and 40 minutes. That's very specific. I have no clue why. 
Uh, but if you could explain Dogelon, Dogelon, Dogelon. I mean, if I had to assume, he's probably putting billions of dollars into Dogelon, so he's letting everybody know to get it before he does. Oh, you does think he's a whale? I don't know. Does that make sense? Why else, why else would he put this? It's kind of cryptic. Maybe it's Alpha. Is it Alpha? Let Maybe us know beta. if this is Alpha, please, and I'll invest in Dogelon Mars for the Alpha. Oh, God. You think we're going to see the dog coins come back soon? I don't think so. I think we have to see Bitcoin come back and then we have to see Ethereum come back, maybe some more solid altcoins, and then we'll see the dog coins. We just had a cycle with dog coins like two months ago, right? So uh, I think they're going to chill out for a while. Once there's a lot of mania in the markets, once a lot of new people are investing in crypto, then I think dog coins can do well again. But I think we have to see the bull market resume and see all the fun, silly investors get their dog coins, you know, maybe six months down the line. All right. So if we go back to... Let's see, the past five years of Google search volume interest for Bitcoin and Dogecoin. We saw Bitcoin had all of the hype back in 2017. Uh, and we still haven't got there. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did not realize that either. That's, that is nuts. Um, on the other hand, we have Dogecoin putting up a fight in 2020 and 2021. Uh, you know, there was a moment there where Dogecoin had more search volume than Bitcoin, despite the fact that both of the coins were running. Uh, Did you catch it? I'm kind of bullish on Dogecoin. I'm not going to lie, man. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think that everybody knows about it now. Had the, the highest search volume ever, um, you know, relative to the, to the term um, last year. And, and more and more people uh, are, are investing these days. More people got access to crypto, to Robinhood, you name it. Uh, and they have more access to Dogecoin is the point that I'm getting at. And, you know, they see the price. Bit one Bitcoin is is $100,000. They're going to say, hey, I can't afford that. But they see a Dogecoin is, is, you know, 50 cents. They say, hey, I can afford that. Um, you know, price bias is really, really big for new investors. This is why, you know, Shiba issuing quadrillions, hundreds of quadrillions of tokens, even more than that, uh, you know, tricked some people into thinking that it was going to be going to a dollar. Uh, that was the rally cry of Dogecoin. And it's not exactly the same when it comes to these other dog coins with super, super huge supplies. Always keep your eyes out for the price bias there. Don't fall victim. But you can also trade off of that. You know, I, I see that a lot of the market has this price bias. And so, hey, I, I say, hey, how can I use this? Dogecoin, right? Uh, you know, Elon Musk accepting Dogecoin for the Tesla merch these days. Uh, and, and some of the merch you can only buy with Dogecoin, right? Um, what, what more value do you need than that? I don't think you need much more. <laughs> nope. Nope. You really don't. Um, all right. What should we take a look at now? Do you want to go some more NFTs? Do you want to go some more fungible tokens? Uh, Mitch asked us what, what NEAR protocol is. Near you know protocol. anything about near protocol? It's a alternative layer one. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know too much about near protocol. I've been following it on Coin Market Cap, looking at the price action, um, but I'm not involved with what they're doing. I've never used their ecosystem. I, I can't really give you an opinion, at least a good one. All right, near protocol down twenty percent today. Still twenty third biggest cryptocurrency overall. Um, and let's see what is near protocol according to Coin Market Cap, layer one blockchain. ETH killer, not really. Um, let's see, uses human readable account names, unlike the cryptographic wallet addresses common to Ethereum. So wait, it's just like Web2 with a Web3 mask on? It sounds like maybe it's it's similar to Ethereum with ENS, but they have that already built in, so you don't need an ENS domain. Somebody tell me, is near decentralized or not? Well, if they have decentralized apps, I would assume they're decentralized. Yeah, but everybody claims to have decentralized apps, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a spectrum. All right, Mitch, near protocol could be good, could be bad. In my opinion, just generally, uh, the alternative layer one investments were last year. This year will be layer two, 2022. That makes sense. That's a lot of twos. Logan, remember when we wrote an article on near protocol and then a bot copied it and changed some of the words and wrote an article on close to protocol instead of near protocol? <laughs> I do remember that. That, that was that was, that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, all right. Let's see. What else do we have? 
in Twitter, the chat. Twitter integrates NFTs, Logan. You want to show people how to do that? I know that you would have to connect your ledger to, to actually add your NFT. Uh, but maybe if you have one on OpenSea, you could add that as your profile picture. If not, you could just give them the rundown of what happened and how to connect uh, your NFT to your profile picture. Okay. I'm going to try to figure that out real quick. Can you help Mitch? He wants to know, what is a layer two? So a layer two helps with throughput on a layer one blockchain. So layer one blockchain is like Ethereum where other things are built on top of it. One of the things built on top of them are layer twos. So they'll take transactions. You can bridge funds to a layer two blockchain from the layer one and then use it without paying the high gas fees. And essentially what they do is batch transactions together and submit it back to, say, Ethereum's blockchain um, altogether. So then you only have to pay a few cents in fees instead of having to pay the ridiculous amounts of fees on Ethereum. So if you want to send money on Ethereum, it's probably 10 to $15. If you want to make a swap on Ethereum, then it's probably 80 to $120, depending on the time that you do it. So all this stuff gets really, really expensive to do on layer one. So mass adoption will likely become with layer two things like polygon arbitrum optimism these applications make it a lot cheaper and a lot faster to use ethereum's blockchain uh, and it inherits a lot of the security from it too so there's not too much downside the biggest downside i see with layer twos right now is onboarding people to them so right now to use a layer two the most common way to do it is you'll have to send ethereum on the layer one network pay ten dollars and then bridge it from ethereum to polygon and to do that you have to pay a gas fee, right? You have to pay $80, $100 to bridge your funds. So every user is still going to have to pay $110 just to get onto a layer two unless you do it directly from an exchange. And it sounds like a lot of exchanges are starting to add layer two support, which is great to see. I really want to see Coinbase do it. I want to see Robinhood do it now that they're testing their cryptocurrency wallet. Uh, and I want to see all the exchanges do it. I think this is where we'll see mass adoption of using these decentralized applications because right now it's really siloed to only the people that can you know, afford to pay these $100 gas fees with every transaction. Which is becoming less and less by the day. What do you think about the argument that layer one blockchains are for layer two blockchains and layer two blockchains are for retail? Lay say that again. Okay, so so layer two blockchains are for retail. Okay. Layer one blockchains are for blockchains. Are for block. Are for layer twos. They're for layer twos, They're right? Layer the two. base layer, the Ethereum mainnet, it's not for retail. Right now, most of retail is is you know paying these high gas fees to use it, but maybe that's not the point. Maybe the point of this big decentralized Ethereum mainnet is to provide a starting point and a, an anchor gotcha. for the layer two blockchains that will eventually be plugged into it, right? Mm -hmm. So these layer two blockchains, they can handle a lot of the computation off of the Ethereum mainnet, off of the source of high gas fees. Then they group those transactions, they verify them, they do all the hard work. And, and it, what it does is it basically takes this much work and, and turns it into this this much work this is called a roll-up, and then it sends the roll-up back to the Ethereum mainnet, and, and it inherits the security, uh, or has the potential to inherit the full security of the mainnet. Important distinction there. Um, the, the security of, of Layer 2 is going to be something to keep our eyes on this year in particular. Um, what you said about exchanges becoming the default bridges, I think, is really, really powerful. We saw Coinbase announce that Polygon will be the first layer two they are adding native deposit support for. This means that you won't have to pay $200 to bridge 10 bucks to Polygon anymore. You can just send it to your Coinbase for maybe five bucks and then send it from your Coinbase to layer two. Coinbase will handle the, the bulk of the bridge fees by grouping a bunch of users' transactions together, I suspect. Um, but like you said, that, that when exchanges add direct deposit to Layer 2 support, nobody's going to want to go to Ethereum mainnet unless they're doing an insanely high value, insanely high security required type of transaction, like Uniswap um, with, with whales moving or liquidity providing with huge amounts. Uh, but for the most part, People just want to send money, buy NFTs, mint NFTs. Uh, all of this stuff doesn't require the absurd security that Ethereum's decentralization provides and, and that costs a lot of gas fees. Uh, so I, I suspect, I mean, personally, just based on what my use cases, uh, I'll be converting to using mostly Polygon as soon as I can. Right now, it's not practical to spend $200 every time I want to send money back and forth between the networks. When Coinbase, Binance, all these other exchanges make this cheaper, we will see mass adoption, Ryan. I could not agree with you more.
And Mitch has a follow-up comment. Six. So more efficient blockchain in dumb terms. I would agree. Yeah. So it's basically more efficient blockchain, but it is integrated with Ethereum. So that's the beauty of it. Right now, you could just go over, use Solana. I'd say you could use Cardano, but you can't really at this point. Uh, but there's Avalanche, other layer one blockchains that have cheap fees and you can transact really fast on. The problem is there aren't the same decentralized applications built on Avalanche or Solana that there are on Ethereum. And the most valuable application right now are all on Ethereum. So everybody wants to use Ethereum's blockchain and not so much these other ones uh, because the most liquidity is on it, the most opportunity for high value airdrops, uh, all the big NFTs are on Ethereum's network. So the beauty of layer twos, in my eyes at least, is that you're able to use all of the applications built on Ethereum without paying those high fees. Yes, exactly. It's not, I mean, yeah, it's more efficient, um, but there are trade-offs involved with that. Typically, like, Specifically, the trade-off is you lose security because you lose decentralization. The more transactions that everyone is required to verify, the more complicated it is for everyone to be able to, to do it, right? Um, and so we'll see a bunch of layer twos pop up with varying degrees of security and centralization. Um, and the applications that make the most sense on each of these blockchains will uh, find their way there in the long term. All right, I know that we were talking about the Twitter NFT verification before we got super sidetracked, uh, but I did figure it out and I'm going to show you guys right now. Um, all right, let me see if there's a more optimal setup. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and if we go like that, hey, yo, what about like that? There you go. Even better. The money shot. Cash money. Um, uh, Spencer, watch out. I'm coming for your job. Um, step one, step one, okay, is to follow me on Twitter. You cannot verify your NFT on Twitter unless you're following Logan Ross on Twitter. So that's step one. Once you got that, you want to go to your own profile, okay? Navigate, navigate to your profile, right? You want to click on your, your profile picture, click on edit, and then boom, you see here we have the option to upload a photo, the normie style, or Web3 style, choose an NFT, Okay. And if you want to flex a hexagon on all the Twitter normies, this is what you got to do. Okay, so uh, I already have Twitter blue, um, but if you don't at this point, you'll be prompted to purchase it for three dollars per month. Um, you know, I guess you you got to decide: do you care about flexing on Web two, or are you fully committed to Web three? Uh, I haven't made that decision yet. I don't know if I want to verify my NFT. Um, I'm going to wait to see what, what my favorite influencers on Twitter do, and I'm going to copy them. Um, but, but let me just show you guys for, for the, the, the sake of what we got going on here today. I have this 24 PX that I paid way too much for and nobody cares about it anymore. So I could select that. I, I did already connect my wallet. So we probably missed that important part of the aha. Okay. So let's, let's show you guys how to do this here. So you'll be prompted to connect your wallet. Uh, of course, you got to be using Rainbow, the best wallet. Uh, that's not sponsored, by the way. That's just my opinion. Um, okay, so Twitter wants to connect to your wallet. And this is, that's not in there. Okay, boom. Connect. Then it's going to ask me to sign. I signed and then boom, wallet is connected. Twitter has access to my collection right now. And, and you can see that they don't have, uh, they don't have support. For a lot of these projects, Ryan, why do you think that is? I'm not sure. I want to make my Uniswap position my PFP. Yeah, I would too. Oh, okay. So here's here's what I'm thinking: some file formats that are not currently supported. So these uh these Uniswap NFTs that you really can't see here, these are not uh stored on the IPFS. The graphic is actually on chain, which um you know if you know. Uh, a lot about NFTs that might be blowing your mind right now. CryptoPunks are, are way simpler than the, the designs for these Uniswap NFTs. And the CryptoPunks weren't even stored on chain until a couple months ago. Um, it takes up a lot more space. And therefore, it costs a lot more gas fees every time you want to move it around. Uh, so putting it on chain efficiently is something that Uniswap figured out how to do here uh, and that not many other people have figured out. Um, but that's why I think that you can't use these ones. And I think that it's the same thing for, for the ENS, which is unfortunate. Um, but, you know, if you have your, your JPEGs with the, the files stored on the IPFS, um, like most of them are, then you could just do it like that. You got the hexagon going. 
Well, Logan, I've seen some crypto punks verify their NFTs on Twitter already, and they're stored on chain. So maybe they're maybe, maybe they're making a, a a fake NFT to do it with because I have seen some crypto punks with like a, a different background. Uh, so it wasn't like the original crypto punk. Um, and I've heard this is a problem so far, right? Twitter's not verifying if you actually own an NFT from that collection. Uh, look, look, look. Verified collection by OpenSea. Okay, so you have to click on it. So that makes sense. But there are people out there going and making an NFT of a CryptoPunk themselves and then putting it as their Twitter profile picture. And it's a hexagon. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's also slightly less smart people out there who are just cropping their profile picture to look <laughs> like a hexagon. And then they leave it in either dark mode or light are mode. they less smart or more smart oh they're definitely less smart because only half the population will be tricked into thinking that their profile picture is a hexagon the other half will have their twitter mode either light or dark and then see that they just cropped it i guess if you say so but like the people that are just you know taking a screenshot of the CryptoPunk, paying a hundred dollars to put a fake CryptoPunk on ethereum just so they can make it their pfp um I mean, I guess yeah, that'll probably trick some people, but you can you can click on it and and see if it's verified by OpenSea or not. Um, and those are the people you're flexing on, right? No, no normies are going to know what this is. That's a good point. That's a good point. So you're just making a fool out of yourself. So don't do it. Don't don't do it. Don't don't please don't do it, please. All right, that's about that. If you guys got any questions uh, relating to the Twitter PFP change. I'd uh, be happy to answer them. Otherwise, we can move right along. And it looks like Patrick Starr is not living under a rock today. He kept up with the news. Nine Gag did change their profile picture to an NFT. It was actually a board ape. I did see that today. That's pretty cool. Seems like every other day there's some celebrity or some company that is buying a board ape and making it their Twitter profile picture. Who else just got one? Neymar? It was Neymar. Neymar, right? yeah. Neymar Jr. Neymar. 55 million followers on Twitter, too. That's absolutely insane. That's about the same as Elon Musk, one of the more famous celebrities that's gotten into the Board API Club. Very, very cool. With a cool one, too. Yeah, I don't I've never seen this glasses attribute before. They've been hot lately. Oh, should we let, let's let's go take a peek. Hold on. I'm gonna get my phone out of here and we could take a peek at Serena's four attribute. Board ape, Ryan. What's a four attribute board ape? So board apes have randomly generated traits. Let me stand up because I'm short now. I was out of screen. Uh, but yeah, so board apes have randomly generated traits. They can have anywhere between four traits to seven traits. But recently, four trait apes have been going up in value quite a bit. Their aesthetic is really good. It really shows off the board ape brand. Uh, they're not wearing clothes because that's a trait. It's essentially just the fur color, the background, the eyes. Uh, and what's the last one, Logan? I'm blinking. Maybe it's it's not the hair. I think they're bald. It's the mouth. So mouth, mm -hmm. eyes, fur color, and background. And those are the only four traits the ape has. I think the price floor is around 110, 120 ETH for those. Uh, but they are pretty aesthetically pleasing. Serena Williams just got one uh, of a pink ape. So are you about to pull that up uh, so the crowd knows what I'm talking about? Yes, I am. Um, my rarity tools is not load. Oh, there it goes. Just had to say it. Uh, also, breaking news from Frank. Tesla will no longer accept Bitcoin over climate concerns. This is kind of like when the, 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 they fumbled the snap, the, the Michigan, Michigan State thing. Like maybe the, the people are going to troll with this, this message to haunt us in the future. Um, <laughs> but hey, better buying opportunities. I'm not complaining. Uh, all right. Serena Williams, Fortrait, Board Ape Yacht Club. Um, let me throw my screen share back up and okay. So let's filter trait count four. there's only 250 of them. Wait, these are four traits. Yeah, these are yep. four traits. Okay. So where is Serena? Serena's looked very basic. It was a pink one. Um, this is going to take way too long. How come there's only a few per page? Uh, maybe sort by pink fur. Yeah, there you go um pink all right here we are which one was it this one yes it was this one uh serena williams tennis legend i don't think she's in the australian open this year now that i think about it i didn't didn't realize that before um but her husband, Alexis Ohanian, co-founder of Reddit and founder of 776, the Web3 Venture Capital Fund, uh, has, has purchased this for her as a gift. Um, and, and just like the CryptoPunk that he got her before, 
uh, yo, where can I where can I get me someone that will buy me board apes? That would be nice. Just marry someone who founded Reddit, and you could probably be getting a board ape right now. There's a lot of compromises going on there that I don't have time to get into today. But this is the four attribute board ape. Let's see what they pay for it. 117 ETH. You think that's a good deal? Bad deal? Four attribute apes are rare. There's only 250 of them. I think it's a good deal. I think they're going to keep going up. I mean, they show off the brand exactly how it's meant to be. And the aesthetic is just so good on them. And it's a pink one. And it was really close to the floor. I, I think it was a, a good deal. All right. Let's take a look. I want to look at my ape right now. All right. The highest floor price, 42.5 or 42. I wish 22.49 on this M2 fur. Feeling pretty good about that one. Looks like there, there's a couple around 22 now providing some support there. Um, if you guys don't use rarity tools, this is a really cool way to see all of the individual price floors for these attributes in one place without having to click around OpenSea 85 million times. Um, but when I said OpenSea, I thought about looks rare. Let's take a, let's take a look at looks rare. Um, first, the token price. Um, but if there's anyone out there who doesn't know about looks rare, Ryan, can you fill them in real quick? Yeah, I'm super bullish on LooksRare. It's a competitor to OpenSea, and they airdrop tokens to everybody who spent at least three Ethereum on OpenSea over, a, I think it was the last six months. Uh, but their business model is pretty similar, but much more decentralized. So OpenSea has a 2.5% transaction fee with every NFT sale on the platform, uh, whereas LooksRare has a 2% fee. So it outcompetes just with that alone. But this 2% fee is not going back to LooksRare like it would be with OpenSea. Instead, it's getting redistributed to the people staking Looks tokens on the platform, which I think is a great benefit. They're also giving away a ton of tokens through issuance over the next two years. So if you're staking now, you're earning insane rates. You're earning like 700% APY. Um, I didn't get too much from the airdrop. I got 200 Looks tokens, but I've already made over 20% just by staking. And the, the token's value has gone up from where it started. I know it's retraced with the markets today, but I mean, it's still looking pretty bullish to me. And I think as long as they can make those features OpenSea has, like sorting by price uh, and maybe a few others, it will really outcompete with OpenSea unless OpenSea does something about it. Dun, dun, dun. We saw a Twitter thread, Logan. Yeah, we, we did see a Twitter thread. This is big news, the Dharma acquisition. Um, so OpenSea, I think it is a little bit scared or shaken up by the, the vampire attack that, that looks rare successfully pulled off. Um, so last week there was an announcement that came out. I, I have to think that this was, um, you know, in the pipeline for, for a while before the announcement, but, uh, OpenSea acquired, um, Dharma. Dharma is a crypto wallet that has really good DeFi integration. I'd say it's, uh, up there in my favorite wallets next to rainbow. Uh, but OpenSea realized that they had a great product, great user experience, and they were true web three. Uh, and so they acquired the entire Dharma team. The Dharma wallet app is now being phased out. Uh, and the team is going to be dedicated to making OpenSea a better place. Um, they also had a lot of thoughts on the decentralization uh, or lack thereof of OpenSea. Ryan, you want to run us through that? Yeah, so the old CEO and co-founder of Dharma actually had a Twitter thread on this, Logan. I don't know if you can pull it up. I, I can know. try to pull it up real quick. I don't quick. know if it's too necessary, but I'll give you the TLDR. Essentially, they suggested OpenSea may do an airdrop. That's not exactly what they said, but they said decentralization is something that they think is very, very important to the ecosystem. They talked about fair token, not, not tokens, but they talked about like fair funding. They really did suggest it without saying airdrop. They, they said essentially it's back on the table. Obviously, they have a lot of different investors and they need to act in their best interest. So this is by no means confirmed whatsoever. But for a while there, I said, you know, OpenSea is going to IPO. There's no way that they're doing a token airdrop. They're just too centralized. They're essentially fake DeFi. They work with Ethereum, but all these profits are going back to the owners and the investors. But I think that an airdrop could give them a lot of hype, take some of that volume back from LooksRare, and actually be good for those seed round and private round investors that OpenSea has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And also if they want to um, you know, release a token, a crypto asset, which the community really wants them to do, uh, if they do end up doing that and it's not properly decentralized, the SEC might slap them with a 
uh, securities label, right? Um, especially if there if there's a way to earn some of the protocol revenue, which I I doubt there will be. But um, fair distribution, decentralization are things that the SEC uh, are somehow figuring out how to look at uh, when determining whether or not an asset is a security. So. Keep your eyes peeled for that going forward. Airdrop could be a good way to avoid that security label. Are we going to play this new Board Ape game or are we not doing that, Logan? We got 15 oh, minutes left in the show. This just came out last night. It's actually a fun game. Now, this isn't the Board Ape game that's involved with Ape Token. That's being developed by Animoca Brands and that's coming out in Q2 of this year. This game is on iOS and Android. Came out last night and you could verify if you have a mutant ape or a Board Ape uh, through Board Ape Yacht Club's website before you got the game. And I guess they're giving out some special prizes. There's also like coins in the game. Uh, different levels. So I don't know. If I had the time, I'd be grinding it right now. There could be some special airdrops, some special giveaways. I'm excited to see how they integrate our NFTs into this game. Or even if they'll do it in the first place. Um, okay, so we want that one and that one. Um, all right, so we're going to show you guys a little demo of the Mutants vs. Apes game. You don't have to be a part of the Board Ape Yacht Club to play this game. It's available to everyone on the App Store, uh, but likely if you want to get any economic incentive, which is not in place yet, uh, but out of it, potentially, if it comes in the future, it's probably only going to be for holders. But at this point, anyone can play the game. Um, and so I'm going to show you guys what it looks like. Uh, if you don't care, let me know and we can look at some coins. But I think it's, it's interesting to see it, uh, at least for a second here. I messed around with it last night. Uh, I'm not good at it. So fair warning. Uh, Ryan was playing in the car on the way here. He's got the, the head start. Um, okay, so basically you move around with the joystick. Uh, you get to pick a new power up each time. Uh, you can dash with a swipe and then you shoot automatically only when you're not moving. Uh, so I think I'm about to go fight the boss in this this no, room. No, you right got here. a few more levels left. Are you left. sure? Yeah, Are the you boss sure about comes that? At, at five out of ten, and the boss comes again at ten out of ten. That's not the. That's no boss, bro. Oh that's shoot, no boss. You got Dude. another thing coming. Uh oh. Uh oh. I got twenty nine coins though. That's good. You think that those are gonna be ape tokens ever? That would be cool. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Hit him with the hail. Are you even choosing oh, your power-up strategically, Logan? Seems like you're kind of a noob at this game. I'm, I'm like one level higher than you already. Well, how, how about you okay, do let's it see. Which one, which one uh, should I do? 15% increase. Sometimes, too, you actually do have to look at these because it's like 15%, 20% with the same trait, right? So uh, those two are like the same. Uh, maybe just darts kill chance increase by 15%. That sounds like a pretty good one. All right, we're going for it. Get some one-hit Please KOs, don't let me maybe. down. Oh, there's a boss. Yeah, you gotta like. Yeah. Oh, frick! You'll learn, dude. This is this is so hard. Oh, you have some power ups you can use too at the bottom there by your ape. Yeah, I'm. It's a lot to do, and some potions for your health. You need one of Make those. Make it rain. Oh, those uh, are health potions. Yeah, they are. Could have used those. Could have really used those. All right, I lost. That was that was bad. That was poor. Well, we well, you want to you want to try. You want to okay, try? Yeah, I'll show him how it's done. Uh, all right. Patrick Starr in the chat says, how's the Axie doing? Unfortunately, I haven't not gotten a chance to play Axie since last time. So first of all, no Logan, you, you need to upgrade your ape in this game because you have 150 tokens. Dude, I'm so, rich. Do you mind if I just spend 50 of your tokens? Go right ahead. Thanks, bro. You're going to be kicking yourself when these are $1,000. Dude, each. run it back. Run it okay. again. All We're right. level three now. We got more health. We'll probably win. Let's see. And I'm playing, which is a big factor. So, Logan, do you think there's actually going to be a financial incentive to play this game? Or do you think this is just like a mock-up, something to get people hyped for the actual game? Um, I Okay, so to be clear, I have no clue. Um, I'm preparing myself for the fact that I'm not going to be making money playing this game because I feel like they're going to save it for the play-to-earn game with Animoca Brands. Uh, so I think that this game is... Um, you know, they're going to, I think they're doing a competition. I registered for the competition apes versus mutants, obviously team mutants over here. 
but I think that that you know if you uh, connect your wallet at the end of the game, whenever they do throw this competition, the winners will be able to claim some merch, maybe some some that prizes. Would I would want some merch. Um, yes, yeah, I would be more than happy with that. So that that's basically what I'm expecting to get out of this game. Nothing too crazy how are you dodging the bullets like that i'm good bro get good dude you are keanu reeves in the matrix right now um but yeah I, i'm not getting my hopes up at this point in time let yeah, us know what I, you guys I think. think there will be financial incentives for whoever gets like highest in the game probably or you know if there's a leaderboard uh but i don't think that there's going to be too many financial incentives to play this game there is a small probability that these tokens turn into ape tokens, but I think it's more likely that that will be saved for the full game coming out in Q2 of this year. And I, honestly, that's probably the biggest reason I'm bullish on Board API Club at this point is the play to earn mm -hmm. game. I mean, they can really become a financial instrument uh, by, you know, earning ape tokens in a play to earn game. I know it sounds crazy to like probably all the viewers out there, but yeah. It's also a good way to remove liquidity from the market and remove sell pressure. If you force people to stake their tokens in order to earn the ERC20, if you make, if you make people stake their board apes uh, to earn the ape token, if you provide an economic incentive for taking your listing off the market, then there's going to be less listings. Uh, that means price go up easy or easier, I should say. That's a very solid analysis, Logan. Thank you. I might be beating this. Few more levels i oh, believe in so you many of them all right everybody drop some good luck some good vibes in the chat for ryan right now uh okay boss he level. really needs it he really really needs it right now pushing up Ooh, should i use my last one you should save it until you're about it. to Actually, die I'm at full health i thought it was 100 shouldn't you wait for okay. your like this is really important this is the last level we start over if we don't choose correctly here Venom crit chance increased by 10%. Dagger kill chance increased by 15%. Okay, we're going to do the dagger kill chance. Maybe we can kill the boss with it. Money Mitch in the chat. Go Ryan. Thank you, sir. Ah. Okay, let's use that. Oh, I'm so good at this game. Da da. Da da. What if I get an NFT for every one of these bosses I kill? That would be epic. Thanks for the NFT, bro. Yeah, just send it to my wallet since I was the only one yeah, who actually right. beat this dude. Oh, oh did I so close, so close, so close. Let's go. So yeah, guys, this is the world of investing now. Uh, playing a monkey-themed game on your very iPhone nice. uh, with some expensive NFTs. Uh, what a world we live in. What a time to be alive. All right, that's enough video games for one day. Let's get serious. Let's talk about some fungible tokens again, Logan. I want to look at some coins that may outperform ETH in 2022. Oh, hey yo. Got to reset the layout. Coins that are going to outperform ETH in 2022, Ryan. I thought you were ETH permable. I am, but that doesn't mean there's not opportunities that are better than ETH. I just think risk versus reward is best on Ethereum out of basically any other crypto out there at this point. All right. Give me some financial advice. What's going to outperform ETH? Hmm. Well, if I was a financial advisor, I would be advising... Probably Polygonmatic. I know you're very bullish yeah, on that, man. too. That's, that's something been that's been outperforming ETH in 2021, and I think it could do the same in 2022. Uh, but yeah, so I'm thinking Layer 2s might be a move in 2022. I also think Alternative Layer 1 investments, so that's your Solanas, your Avalanches, uh, your Cardanos, but I'm not including that on this list. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Charles Hoskinson. I apologize, but prove me wrong, please. Uh, but yeah, so those, those Alternative Layer 1s, those layer two solutions and then probably not DeFi, but i really hope i mean we've been in a, a really tough bear market for DeFi tokens lately so i'm not calling for DeFi tokens to outperform eth i think the trend is your friend and we need to see a reversal on those eth pairs with those DeFi tokens before i'm going to start accumulating more bags of you know uniswap ave sushi swap chain link those tokens what do you think logan well, Ryan, I think that I'm going to make all the investments that you just advised me on, and I'm going to sue you if they don't work. 
Well, I said if I was a financial advisor and don't get it twisted, guys, I am not a financial advisor. So I'm actually not making any financial advice. Uh, I know it might seem that way, but uh, it's actually not. Thanks for the clarification, Ryan. I'm probably still going to try to sue you anyways. Uh, But I agree with you. Layer 2, 2022. This is the narrative that we need to be pushing. Polygon criminally undervalued at $13 billion market cap. What the heck is going on? Somebody explain that to me. This is the Ethereum version of Solana, right? Scalable, Ethereum native. All the value that's on Ethereum can transfer to Polygon 10 times easier than it can transfer to Solana. Uh, Yet we see that Polygon has a market cap of a quarter or a fifth the size of Solana. Somebody explain that to me. Polygon has only raised less than one billion or one million, less than one million dollars from venture capitalists so far. Whereas Polygon, I mean, pardon me, Polygon has raised less than a million dollars from VCs. Solana is like basically all VCs. The sell pressure from the VCs is something to keep your eyes on. It's something to be aware of. Polygon has much less sell pressure from the whales than Solana does. Uh, And despite this fact, despite the fact that they're about to do a huge another VC round uh, that, that investors today will be ahead of, despite the fact that all of this is going on, that Polygon's leading the Layer 2 game, that, that Coinbase is adding Layer 2 deposits to Polygon first, uh, you know, baffles my mind. Nobody's paying attention to, to the Polygon ecosystem right now. I am uh, more bullish on Matic than any other fungible token right now. You heard it here first. I could be completely wrong, though. Polygon could fail. They had a bug that was fixed two weeks ago that was literally worth the entire network. All $24 billion stored on the network could have been gone just like that. Uh, And there's nothing to stop that from happening again. Maybe there's another bug that's like that. Maybe I'm going to lose all my money. These are the risks that I'm accepting because I think the overall narrative of internet scalable blockchain will be pushed so hard this year. People are going to want to make NFTs. Everybody, uh, all, all they care about is NFTs, right? They don't know what crypto is. They don't know what blockchain is. They, they see the picture of the monkey and they say, I want that. They see it on Twitter. They see the hexagon. They say, I want to be like that guy. And if they want to make their own NFTs and not pay $10,000 in two kidneys, they're going to need to do it on Polygon. Or Solana. Dude, Solana NFTs are like, are like, you know, Thailand Gucci, okay? You get, the th- you get the Gucci from the flea market in Thailand. It's not real Gucci, you know? So and you're saying Solana NFTs are not real NFTs? I mean, it's up to you to interpret it however you want. Okay. But okay. this is just, you know, what I, you know, my mind kind of, you know, thinks about it. It's like people, people will see, you know, play to earn game, uh, amazing community, 100,000 followers on Twitter launching on Solana. And then they, then they, then they turn it off. You know, uh, people are bullish on ETH. Um, they're bullish on layer two and, and especially the shift from alternative layer ones to layer twos in 2022. Um, people are really paying attention to decentralization for the first time. And I think that this is a narrative that will prop up ETH and prop up the layer twos that succeed in harnessing ETH's decentralization. That's my thesis. I could be wrong. Not financial advice. I I disagree with the part that that retail investors are opening up to the idea that decentralization is super. No, not retail. Not retail. Not retail. Not retail. Smart money. Smart money. Yep. The Fed. The Fed's, looking, the Fed's looking at decentralization now to see if it's a security or not. Okay. Um, yeah, that's important for sure. People are seeing the outages on Solana. They're seeing um, outages elsewhere, uh, and they're wondering why. Well, Polygon has not been a, a pleasant experience for me, to say the least. I mean, it does go down a lot. I think most of the problem is with MetaMask, though. MetaMask has a lot of bugs interacting with Polygon. Mm-hmm. And and to be clear, the the you know future vision that I'm so sold on for Polygon is not the sidechain Polygon that exists today. Polygon is not one network. Matic is not the native token of just one network. Uh, that Polygon has five new layer two blockchains rolling out over the few, uh, you know, the next year or two or three. Um, I'm not positive when all of them will be out, but I think that there should be one or two, uh, you know, ZK technology rollups deploying uh, on Ethereum in 2021. 
This is what I'm most excited for. This is where we can see the scalability and the security together um, and hopefully the reliability as well. Um, but yeah, that should be noted is that the current state of Polygon is not the final form by any means. This is a temporary holdover. Are you telling us we're early? Uh, yes. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Love to hear it, especially on days like today where the markets are down 10, 15%. Sometimes you just have to hear that you're early. So thank you. You're welcome. All right. That is all we have time for on today's show. My laptop is about to die uh, and I need to go place some buy orders. Happy Friday, everyone. Can't, can't end the stream because my page just crashed. Uh, so you're stuck with us, I guess. But let's do the let's do the A B like outro for like five minutes where we just buy time. Should you dance? Yeah. All right. Wait, what if I get some choir music for us to dance to? This is a banger right here. Um there could be okay. more music, honestly. Before everybody leaves the stream, my Twitter handle is Ryan on chain. No spaces, no dashes, no underscores, no asterisks, and no forward slashes, just Ryan on chain. Sauce me a follow. I love all of you. Yo, somebody help me. <laughs> help. Help. I Yo, can't producer. turn it off. <laughs> I got you. I'm not Thank a listener, but I got Thank you. Thank you, Enver. I appreciate you. Zinger of the year right here, guys. Ending right here. Great show, Logan.